La Iglesia Spring of Life Fellowship y su pastor Joaquín Molina le invita a escuchar un mensaje de restauración y fortaleza para su vida. Sea parte de la visión Cambiando el Mundo. Thanks for uh, such a privilege to serve you, such a privilege to know you, such a privilege to honor you and to walk in your ways and to hear your word and let your word be the dictate of our our obedience, Lord, and let your word bring lamp unto our feet. Uh, Father, we pray that your word this morning would be a double-edged sword that would cut to the deepest part of who we are, that we might understand your ways, Lord, because your word is able to make wise those of us that are foolish, Lord, and is able to teach us the things that uh, concern eternity and concern your purpose in this lifetime and our existence and defines our identity and shows us how we should conduct ourselves. We pray that your word this morning, Lord, would be received like the one who receives nutrients, the bread of life. You said that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Give us your word this morning. Allow your spirit to saturate and be imparted, uh, impart your heart into our lives, into our families, into our ways, uh, that your kingdom would be our concern, that we would be about your business, and that uh, the administration of your government, which is peace, joy, and righteousness, would be our experience and be manifest in our lives. We pray your blessing upon this word and that you would use it powerfully to set people free and to allow us to come into your, your design for our lives, Lord. Multiply, make it fruitful, Lord, make it increase, In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, as we are prepared to celebrate this nation's holiday of liberty, uh, when July 4th is declared a national holiday for the United States, where we're to remember uh, the whole process of being delivered and set free and celebrated, I really think that the only thing that happened in this country was an expression of people moving in the spirit of God. I, I don't, I don't while, while patriotism and national uh, you know, allegiance is a good thing uh, for all the nations of the world that you would be part of the place where God has put you. Um, I believe that what happened in the United States was that same spirit of God that is able to move upon those that allow it to move. If we go to the beginning of time in Genesis chapter uh, one, and in verse uh, two, the very second verse of the whole Bible, it tells us there the earth was without form, it was in ruins, and darkness was upon the face of the great deep. Uh, description that could easily be our life far from God easily uh, our life was had no order it's out of order it's in disorder uh, you know while the rock influence and the error of anarchy and rebellion and rock and roll has set in to 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 destroy the semblance of the establishment in a rebellious nature um, it's not fun to have things to be out of order It's not fun to have your marriage wrecked, your family wrecked, your uh, grandchildren taking off with step-parents, and, and this is uh, to live as an exile outside 
of your country and your language and your people. None of that is conducive of the spirit of God because God is a God of order and not a God of confusion. So here in the state of total chaos that the earth found itself in, we see the spirit of God beginning to move. And I want to encourage you as you listen to this message that you would cultivate the spirit of God in your life, that you would be a seeker, that you would thirst for God, that you would be hungry uh, in pursuit of this spirit. Uh, these are the legitimate sons of God. The Bible says those that follow the spirit of God. You can't call yourself a son of God or a Christian if you are doing your own thing. And you're not gonna end up where the spirit of God wants to lead you unless you follow. And what a great expression of the spirit of God to begin to put all things in its place. The spirit of God is known as the hand of God and it begins to put things in their place. Uh, one of the verses found in Zechariah says, it's not by power, it's not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Powerful than any army, powerful than more, any political office or government is the presence of God's spirit. And all it requires is your invitation. And one of the key aspects to the Spirit of God is what we celebrate in the coming days called liberty, or it's known as freedom. And freedom and liberty is not the American way. Uh, freedom and liberty is the way of the Spirit of God. So while we have wanted to Americanize and westernize liberty and democracy and freedom, the, the, the foundations are the Spirit of God. Wherever the spirit of God is, there is liberty. And we see this in 2 Corinthians 3.17 where um, the, the presence of God's spirit is the one that brings this, this awesome environment of liberty and it talks about a liberty um, uh, you know, to be free from chains and bondage. The opposite of liberty is bondage. And, and how crazy it is that these rebellious youth of the 60s who said we want to be free from the establishment now become bondaged in their sin, in their drugs, and in their uh, immorality. And it's crazy that, that they would declare liberty and find themselves in a worse state of an affair. So also, I asked the Lord, Lord, Allow us all to continue in this life that you've brought to us. Because if there was a condition of our lives before uh, the Spirit of God was evident, um, we, we didn't have any good news. We, we, weren't, we weren't going about this freedom that the Spirit of God wants to bring us. And I want to challenge you uh, to tell you that anything that you're experiencing right now, anything that is is adverse or negative, it's only because of one reason. It's because the Spirit of God is not having its way. And there's other elements uh, in our circumstances that come and deprive us from this expression uh, of being not, not uh, enslaved. In Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 4, the expressions of the Spirit of God is one of good news 
uh, and, and it's, it's an upbeat scenario when you're uh, pronouncing the coming of that spirit. It comes to turn everything right uh, where there's poor uh, and, and affliction. God wants to bring wealth and he wants to bring health. And again, by the spirit of God. Uh, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to bind up the wounded. You know, the, the, we've already said that brokenheartedness is the state of depression. The number one cause of death in America last year was people committing suicide because of depression. Um, and more people are on antidepressants nowadays than anything else. I want to challenge you that they are in that condition because they are not letting the Spirit of God come in because he says he sends a, uh, for the spirit of heaviness, he brings in that joy of the Lord and, and it lifts off the spirit of heaviness, the Bible says. So everything that is brokenheartedness, depression, affliction, poverty, I want to tell you something, if you see the expressions of where the Spirit of God has no maneuvering, it's a poor state of affairs. And I, I want, you know, even the men such as Donald Trump that are vast in their wealth and riches are massively poor in their inability to have a husband and wife, marital relationship, a family. There is no money in the world that can obtain for you the priceless measure of a woman filled with the Spirit of God. There's no, there's no money in the world that can make your wife respect and honor you, but the Spirit of God comes and does that work. And so instead of buying another car or taking another vacation, it's time to go into your prayer closet and ask God for the Spirit to visit your wife and visit your home. And, and so the proclamations of, of setting you know, everything that's upside down, setting it aright, is through the Spirit of God, proclaiming liberty to those that are captive and opening prison gates and giving eyes to those who cannot see. All this is the work of the Spirit. So while you're praying for a better job or you're praying for increase in your economic affairs, I would say because you've come to the house of the Lord that you would just seek that saturation and impartation of another spirit because this spirit and and we met it 30 years ago when we walked into the house of God and started taking a sip and then drinking and then swimming and then being lost in the life of the spirit um, this has made all the difference in every aspect of our life but how sad it is having a an unrestricted, an unrestricted measure of his spirit, um, we somehow or another start getting back into bondage. And having been made free, now there's another spirit dictating our, our steps. Galatians 5.1, Paul writes to this church in, in the city of Galatia, and he says, listen, if Christ already made you free through his spirit, why are you interested in going back to bondage? Why, why are you headed in the direction submitting once again to a yoke of slavery? In Galatians 5, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, in this freedom, Christ has, has set us free. He's cut the chains. So if he's made you free and you found the, the way to freedom um, through the gospel, 
uh, do not be, stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ made you free. Don't be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Now, if the spirit of the Lord is making you free, it has to be that another spirit is enslaving you. It's another direction that you're taking that now you're bound and Christ has broken that yoke and contrary to the spirit of God is to return to captivity. And at the end, in verse 26 of that same chapter, he tells you how to get back into bondage and he says that let us not be conceited, let us not be provoking one another, let's not be selfish because all these are the means by which we will return back to chaos, back to anarchy, back to where the presence and, and the atmosphere of heaven is no longer there. And so he's, he's telling Christians, um, there's more of this in the right direction. Don't go back from where we just got from. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, uh, upon the face of the earth... Upon the planet, there are uh, systems of government. There are systems that magnify. And look what he says in 1 Corinthians 2.12. He says, now we have received not the spirit of the world. That's not what, what God has for us. That's where we came from. We were, we were, the more we walked under the, the captivity and the, the lordship of that spirit of the world, the more bondage we were. He says, but the spirit who is from God, it begins to give us all the things that Christ has for us freely. And so that, that is so so contrary, you see people come in from, from the world into the house of God. They can't get it. It won't fit in their heart or brain that God wants to uh, give you all things freely. The Spirit of God will lead you to the vast expanse of provision you won't even know what to do with. If you follow God in His Spirit. But, but the thing is, we feel that the Spirit of God comes to enslave us. We feel, let's get out of here because they're going to want to control our life. Listen to me. Since you started listening to the Spirit of God, you've had an, a measure of an abundant life you never even dreamed of. And so the life that the Spirit is calling to you is more of that vast peace and joy that is only found through the liberty brought through the Spirit of God. And how we have run from this Spirit to the Spirit of the world where everything is based on you earning it and you're, you're trying to get it on your own means. So there's, you can't serve two masters. You can't walk saturated from the Spirit of God from Monday to Saturday and come into the house of God where God is saying, come and drink of my Spirit, come and transfer over to my world and, and give it up. It's not going to happen. So we have not received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of God. And thank God for his spirit in our lives. Thank God that there's, there's an atmosphere that's totally different than what our parents lived outside of this experience. And so two types of systems that rule and govern men. There's two types of men. And I want to ask you, are you a free man? Or are you a slave? 
And I guarantee you, if the Spirit of God is not in your life, you are a slave. Guaranteed that you're, you're held captive. You're not, you're not free. Uh, the expressions of these men who have taken rule upon the earth to bring destruction and poverty and to ransack their nations is not political philosophies. It's the absence of the Spirit of God. And so they, they dictate from that vantage point. Uh, the expression of both men, whether free or enslaved, is based on the spirit that influences that man. And there's a spirit that leads to bondage, and it's not the spirit of God. We don't understand that yet, but in Ecclesiastes 10.16, it says like this, Woe or judgment, bad things, come upon those whose princes are children it says woe to you O land when your king is a child what the heck does that mean listen it means you're a brat and you're dictating your life and you're not letting the king of kings draw lines and government and a rule of peace and joy so yeah we could philosophize in this verse and say man you know a king that would be a child you mister you're a brat. You don't let God's kingdom rule. That's why no one is experiencing peace. Because you are as an orphan child, and it's all about you. Well, the Spirit of God is different. The Spirit of God will say that you deny yourself. You're not doing what you want. You're doing what God wants. And God, God has amazing manners in which he establishes his kingdom. And so Romans 8.2 says, For the law of the Spirit in Christ has made me free. But there's a law of sin and death. There's two laws. There's two kings. There's two ways to live. You're living the expressions of the Spirit of God. And you know what the Spirit of God is saying? We said it right before Father's Day. It says, Through the Spirit of God we yearn to say, Dad. Dad, and, and you know something, not a lot of people are saying dad, because dad means discipline, dad means correction, dad means there's going to be order in the house, and only a rebellious child doesn't want dad, and through the spirit of God, that's what you're going to be able to cry out, so he says there's a law of the spirit, I want to read that verse very quickly in Romans 8, 2, because uh, how foolish we are, like children, right? And here's what children say, and they've been making a lot of movies on this. Let's get a rid of our parents so we could do whatever we want. Do you understand that, that that is a very immature concept? Let's get rid of the semblance of any law or government so we can have the expressions of doing whatever we want. And let me tell you something. When you're doing whatever you want, that's a law in itself. And if your wife learns that way of living... You do whatever you want, I do whatever I want. And then your kids learn that chaotic lifestyle. It's, it's a law. It becomes, it becomes monopoly with no rules. Understand this, it's crazy. And so the Spirit of God comes to, it says, for the law of the Spirit, the law of the Spirit, the governing borders and instructions of God's ways of doing things, it makes us free from that other way of doing things that's chaotic, 
There is no peace. There is no, there's no confidence outside of God's governing. So there's two laws. I want to, I want to challenge you. Which one are you going to choose? The law of freedom in Christ Jesus or the law of sin and death where depravity, selfishness, and your bratish ways are governing. And this is where the prodigal son found himself. You know what he was founding him? He ran back to dad. And as soon as his heart turned and says no more of this wild world where it's crazy and I have no provision, let me run back to dad. And as soon as he was in the embrace of his father... He got a ring, he got garments, he got shoes, he got an inheritance, he got an identity. Everything was there. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. And, and we, we want to live outside of the Spirit of God and begin to blame our mother-in-law, our, our cousin, the economy, politics. It's the Spirit of God. You're out of, of God's presence. You need to bring that to your family. Bring that to your marriage. Tell your children. That's what they must drink of. It's not legality. It's not wit, uh, witful thinking wisdom. No, it's the Spirit of God. Where there's chaos and darkness and things are out of order, call upon the presence of the Lord. And then be willing to transfer from the law of sin and death to the law of abundance in Christ. But it's a law. The only people like me that could enjoy the, the stern and, and forceful commandments of the Lord are those that are sick and tired of being under the yoke of Satan. You're going to be under a yoke. And it's be easier, Jesus says, take my yoke which is easy and my burden which is light. He says, all of you that are heavy laden and burdened, come unto me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We don't want a yoke. So we don't take the yoke of the Lord. Guess what? You are carrying a yoke, my friend. You're carrying a, a, a steel yoke. It's not made out of wood no more. So now it's just getting heavier and heavier. Why? Because you're resisting the spirit of God. And I pray that your spirit capture this word if you, if you can't understand it in the natural. 2 Corinthians 3.6 says, He also made us able... Uh, to minister the New Testament and we're not ministering some imposed you have to do this I listen to me I refuse to force anybody to do anything it should be that those of us that are here want the laws of God to rule our lives I just visited with a woman this weekend and I said I refuse for you to come to our church because you're going to come here and you're going to be bucking the yoke of God. You don't want God. You don't want the yoke of God. The yoke of God are for those who voluntarily say, Lord, put that yoke on me because you know how to plow the land for a huge harvest. I'm willing to be taught of the Lord. Let us go to the house of God so he could teach us his ways. We're sick of our own ways. We're sick of walking in the spirit of this world. The more we work, the less we have. This is my dad's travesty was being a medical doctor and doing everything in his power to have a glorious kingdom, but without Jesus. So he, he says, look, I'm over with that. I want Jesus to sit on the throne. And my dad, let God come into our family. And Christ has been able to do with our family what he never even dreamed was possible when he came under the yoke 
of the Spirit of God. And it's glorious what God has as promises if we can allow the Spirit of God to come. And I'm short for time here, but here it says in Romans 8.15, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you slave. You did not receive. The Spirit of God is not going to lord over you by force. You need to want it. You need to call upon Jesus. Come and be the king of this family. Be the Lord of lords. And you deliver your reign. You deliver that impose. Listen to me. I want to say that the British tyranny that we broke off was horrible. And the communistic tyranny and dictatorship is horrible. But yours is worse. You can say amen right about now. Yours is worse. Because Christ wants to sit on the throne of your family and your life so that all might experience peace, joy, and righteousness. But it's only possible through the Spirit of God. And you can tell when the Spirit is there. So in Romans 8.15, it says, You did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave under all the fears. You received the spirit of a son. And we have to understand that the Spirit of God, the work that it's doing, is perfecting your character as a son. Guess what? We hate being sons. We can't stand to be told what to do. We, we don't want to hear it. We have our own plans, our own ways, our own destiny. Give me my inheritance. I'm going in this direction. We don't even ask for address. And it's not until the Spirit of God comes. And I want to tell you, all the promises of God are in line with the spirit of sonship. And so that's why he says, I don't leave you as an orphan in no, no more. And that's why it says in John 8, 36, if the son makes you free, if you walk as a son, and you walk in that freedom, then you're really free. If, if you don't have that experience, if you're still deciding when you come and when you go and you, uh, you honor no one, you account to nobody, you're not a son, mister. Because the hallmark of a son is a heart of obedience. And such a, a, such a way as an obedient son, and at first you might feel this is enslaving, but John 8.35 says, A slave doesn't remain in the house permanently. If you don't transfer over to a heart of a son, the, the, the beginnings of what makes you feel like a bondage, and remember, when we're trying to instruct somebody in the ways they don't want to go, it's for their own benefit. Again, I refuse to force somebody to do what they don't want. In other words, I told Pastor Medieros on my visit to Mexico, we men of God are to encourage those who desire to be sons, not to obligate those that don't. We're not going to force anybody to be a child of God because we want the benefits of God upon them. They need to want it, and we will encourage them to attain to everything a son receives. And a son receives an inheritance. So he says a slave doesn't abide in the house forever, um, but a son does. A son's not going to leave because the vast provisions of the goodness of God. And when we know this truth, and this is what Jesus was trying to convey in John 8, 32, he says, when you come to this reality, you will be set free, my friend. That the chains will fall. The chains that you're serving now. To know these things is to be set free and to come into greater measures of God's rule. What happens when we come to be sons? 
We begin to look at the commandments of God as a pathway of liberty. In James 1.25, um, outside of an immature thought that if I'm free, I can do whatever I want. No, no, no. When you're free in the spirit of God is to do what God wants. And your inability to do what God wants shows me you're a slave to your passions and immorality and selfish tyranny that you're dictating in your life. You are a miserable captive of your own ignorance. But James 1.25 says those who look into the perfect law of liberty and continues to look therein and doesn't become a hearer that forgets but becomes a doer of this reality, this man shall be blessed in great measure. If you allow this law to be your governing force, and guess what? I love the law of God. I love the commandments of the Lord. I love when the Lord establishes his reign and rule upon my life. When he points his finger and he says, you're wrong, you're out of my covering, you're, you're not doing what I want. Uh, I've learned that, that if I come within his leadership, I'm going to be a blessed man. And this is what I encourage you to do during this season. Now, 1 Peter 2.16, Peter says, don't live as free men only on appearance. Remember, your freedom is so that you can continue pursuing the heart of God. And God wants you to be a faithful son. And a faithful son is a servant, not one who's serving himself. Be free, yet not look using your liberty to say, well, since I'm free and I can do whatever I want and my dad's the king. No. More committed. More, more uh, grateful. More, more intensely focused. He says, as bond servants. You know what bond servants are? When, when a slave would finish serving his time, he was free to go. You had to be a slave for seven years, and you got your papers, you, you finished your time, and he says, no, I'm staying here forever. You can't kick me out, man. I, I have it so good, I can't think of being anywhere else where it's going to be better. So he becomes a bond slave, voluntarily becoming a servant for life because he's living better in this habitation than he did when he was out there on his own. And so there's a period in time where we think it's an imposition, but there's a time where we say, listen, this liberty is not so I could do whatever I want. This is to be more committed. And what I've learned is the more I commit, the more I commit, the more I commit, the more I see the glory of God. So there's, I told people, I didn't, I didn't go and ask somebody, you know, what am I supposed to do? Or how, Listen to me. I, I wanted to know. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't being told what to do. I was asking, please tell me what to do. Tell me how I could be a son, how I could walk in obedience. So he says like this in John 6, verse 66, he was teaching this life. And look what it says, John 6, 63. I'm sorry, John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh benefits nothing. The words that I'm speaking to you are in line with my spirit in life. It's the spirit that leads you to big things and, and to incredible things and to wonderful things and put things in the order of God. But you know what they did when they heard this verse? He was calling them in to an abundant life and they perceived it as destructive force that would deprive them. So in verse 66, three verses after this one, they, they, from that time, many of his disciples went away from him and walked with him no more. He said, hey, psst, come on. 
No, 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 no. You're talking about this life that's going to kill my life? Listen, buddy, I don't know if you figured it out yet, but you don't even have a life. If what you're living is called life, brother, ask God to take you home. Because it's miserable and everyone around you is miserable. So Christ is calling you to put to death the tyranny of your selfishness and your own mindset. And you never contemplate God. You never ask God what he wants. Your schedule is outside of the schedule of God. You're, I, was, I was crying in September. Here's what I was crying in September in Peru. Because I was saying, Lord, don't let my kids miss out on what you have for them because I'm going to mess up. I, you know, you, dads think, oh, I got a retirement plan, I got to, listen to me, what God has for our children far exceeds what your puny mind could ever, could even fathom. So I was crying in the presence of God saying, Lord, don't allow my stupidity and my selfishness to walk in a direction that causes my children to miss out in the inheritance you laid up for them. Because I thought I knew better, I thought, you know, I'm going to walk independent. And so, you know, there are varying degrees of this. And you say, Pastor, if you're praying like that, then I'm dead. But listen to me. If I'm 10% out of the will of God, I don't want to be 10% out. I want to be 100% in so that we, our family gets the whole, the, the large, abundant life and inheritance of Christ is calling me. But it requires me to put away all my stupid thoughts. Because I, I, I count my pennies and say, okay, we're limited to this. When God has a vast expanse of resources in, in his in his plans. So I asked the Lord, Lord, allow us to be a people that are saturated by your spirit. And so let's uh, go ahead and stand today. And I pray that somehow with all that we've shared this morning, you would have come to the place of saying, I need more of the spirit of God. When you're invited to come to church on Wednesday, it's not to spend time here listening to a Bible study. It's an opportunity to allow the spirit of God to have more access to your thoughts, to your heart, to capture your, your steps, to lead you in a way the only regret you're going to have is not having started before. The only regret your family's going to have is ask the questions I asked my dad, why didn't my dad come earlier to these things? Why, why didn't he, you know, why, didn't, why weren't we birthed in, in, this, in this inheritance, which is huge? So... Father, we give you thanks this morning for your faithfulness in this place. And you've given us a message that truly is a world-changing message, a world-changing liberty, O oh God. I pray that your presence would continue to guide us and direct us and bring us to repentance and reveal truth and not leave us as orphans. And we would put away the tyranny of selfish government, of doing our own things, our own ways, at our own times. And we have not counted on the Spirit of the Lord to bring us the true liberty, Father God, and the expressions of joy and peace that America has only but tasted a little bit of, Lord, because it was founded upon your word and breaking off with the tyranny of a government of selfishness, Lord, but now walking away from the word of God, from the commandments of the Lord, from being servants of the true God. We pray that we would set our hearts back towards you. And Lord, for everyone that has come here to the house of the Lord, Allow us to be good sons. Allow us to be good daughters. Remove rebellion, Father God, for that only leads to captivity and to a yoke of, of death, O oh God, of separation from all that you have for us. May your blessings be upon all the people here, Lord. Uh, teach us, Father God, 
your ways. Teach us to obey your commandments. Establish your throne in our hearts that the judgment of God would be the one that rules our lives. That your holiness and purity would be our standard that we desire and we yearn for, Lord. Bless the families, Lord, of this church. Bless those that are on vacation. Keep them, Lord, in their travels and bring them and return them, Father God, so we continue to fellowship and grow and pursue you with all of our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name and the house of God says amen. Amen.